0: Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Andrew Washburn. And I'm Jen Swift. And this is the Craft & Culture Podcast.
1: Craft & Culture is a podcast dedicated to helping worship and production members refine their technical and musical craft and develop a thriving creative culture in their church and community.
0: Each of us has a part to play you and I both build the kingdom with our craft and our culture. Hey guys, Andrew here. I hope you're having a great day today. Uh, It is a beautiful day here in Napa Valley. And today we are going to be listening to session number two from our creative retreat a few months back. And it was a really great time if you weren't there Uh, We had an incredible time in God's presence. It was really refilling and refueling for our team. So this is session number two. Janine Williams is gonna be speaking this session and it was a really great time. So make sure you take some notes and uh, sit back and relax and enjoy. Here's Janine Williams.
1: Isn't it just so fun to be here together in this just this beautiful valley? How amazing that God has chosen for us to live here. We really are the focus of His love. Like just by the fact that we live in this beautiful place. There are so many other places in the world to live. (laughs) Like the whole rest of the world, and yet we live here. Thank you, Father. I was so blessed. So just to let you know before I begin that um, we will be breaking for lunch in less than an hour. So... <laughs> I won't be holding you forever. So did everyone get one of these, a journal? Yes. Okay, who only got one this morning? Me. Who only got a journal? Okay, so for those of you who only got a journal this morning, last night we handed them out as gifts just to say thank you for your time. Um, does my voice sound a bit tinny? Like. And hi, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> so we just gave these to say thank you for coming, and um, I'm going to be talking about the practicals of um, walking with Jesus and walking with the Father and abiding in the vine. And um, a journal, keeping a journal, is a practical tool of um, just outworking that walk with Jesus and capturing the voice of the Father. So. Last night I we gave this to everyone and we asked them to just open up the first page and write beloved and your name. And beloved I wrote beloved Neen. So write beloved and your name. And and then I looked at Sean's journal and he had written on the front cover and I was like, "Whoa." Yeah, that's next level like cuz we're talking about like starting small and starting like, you know, embracing who we are, not like waiting until one day till we these zoop up versions of ourselves, but like actually just embracing all of ourselves right now in this basic craft book, you know. And so I wrote my name on the front cover because it's just another, you know, journaling is just that. It's like, just embrace the mess. Um, I myself, like, have realised what I struggle with is perfectionism. And I'm not an extroverted perfectionist. Like, I'm not someone who wants to like go out there and like prove myself that I'm amazing and perfect. I'm a hidden perfectionist. So I'm like, and a minimalist. So I'm like, if it doesn't need to be said, and I can't say the best, I'd rather not be said like, you know, and I'm actually just hiding behind the fact that I know I'm not perfect. And so I'd just rather not do it unless it's perfect. Um, And a lot of that was actually highlighted in us during COVID when suddenly, you know, we couldn't just get up and lead worship. And you know, just be, and then you can go home and forget about it. But suddenly we had to go like into our bedroom, you know, and we didn't have the right equipment to, you know, record our worship sets. And suddenly we had to put up a camera and watch ourselves back. I had to watch myself back. I flipped out. I could not. I really, really struggled with it. I was like, we need a better camera. Okay, we need like, uh, you know, you need to mix that better. You need to change my voice in that part where I go out like, you need to help me, babe, like, you know, Cover over me. Like, I am not good enough to be doing this. Like, I'm not slick enough. Um, It's so easy for me to hide behind my timidity. Um, And so there's a scripture in, um, I'm just going to read it now, Uh, Psalm, oh, Matthew 6, verse 6. By the waters of reflection, my soul remembers who I am. And there's these realities within us that upon reflection, we can see who we truly are. Um, And so, yeah, a journal is just this beautiful place to get messy. And so let's start off in this. Psalm 6, verse, Matthew 6, verse 6. Sorry. Okay, so we are all wells. Jesus met with the woman at the well and he said to her, if you, if you truly knew who I was, you would ask for the living water and the living water would flow within you. You will not need to go to a place to get water. You don't need to go to a temple or a holy mountain to find, to find me and worship but actually I will become the living water. I will become the temple. I will become the holy mountain within you. And so Sean and I have developed this expression like we are wells. And what we do is we dig these deeper and deeper wells with the Lord. And so every day we're working on that well. We're in the well with Jesus, like digging deeper and deeper and deeper. And even in the space of worship, it feels like um, as a community, that's what we are doing every week in and out. We're just coming in, And we're pushing the boundary walls of the well wider and wider and wider. And it's every week in and out, just coming and doing what we love, just letting the water flow, letting the water flow. As the water fills up, it pushes back the boundary lines. And so that is what a whole life of walking with Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit looks like. It's the in and out of the the daily um, in and out. What am I trying to say? The ins and outs of life, that's it. (laughs) He is in the ordinary. There's no segregation in us. We are not at sometimes holy and important and in front of a whole lot of people and suddenly that's where it counts and that's where where we are successful and that's where God is with us. No, those ordinary mundane in and out daily events of our lives are just as much important and Jesus is in those moments as well. And so we need to embrace all of ourselves, like the unholy and the holy. We're not just living for these events with God, but actually we're pulling back and loving every day with God. And so I've got my journal here and I'm gonna share through some practicals of, um, of how I journal and track the voice of the Father um, in my own life. But I just want to, just reiterate what Sean was saying earlier about um, how abiding is a choice. Have you ever wondered like why Jesus, the night before he leaves the earth, he urges his disciples, I'm gonna be going, but I urge you, abide in me, abide in me. They're probably wondering, what do you mean, Jesus? Like, of course, you know, we love you. And He knows He is leaving, but He wants the disciples to make the choice to continue in the patterns that He has has set, the lifestyle that He has set of drawing from the Father, drawing from the Father. And I'm not trying to talk about anything complicated, a checklist, a to-do list, and suddenly you're so spiritually mature because you're checking off all these things that you're doing alone with God. That is not it. It is as simple as the rhythm of breathing. There are rhythms everywhere and there's the simple rhythm of breathing, in and out, in and out. And that is the lifestyle that Jesus showed us. He breathed in, he went to be alone with the Father, drew from the breath of the Father, the life of the Father, and then he went out and he gathered with other people. After that, what did he do? He snuck away, went to be alone with the Father and then he went out again and he was with others. And then he came in again and he drew from the wall of the Father and he went out and he was with others again. And the problem with being anointed and with being gifted and with being naturally talented is that we can so easily live from the will of our own good deeds and our own skill sets. Right? And that is where we run dry because (laughs) actually we are not the source of life. We are not the source of all knowledge and all perspective and all understanding. And if God is doing a new thing in a new day, and we have not been there before, we cannot draw from our knowledge. Of course, our experience and our history with God propels us forward and puts us on a new level. But if anything, it should show us that just as He spoke in the past to us and we took steps of faith, so we should do in the future. And so we are constantly living and moving from the understanding and the words and the wisdom of the Father for that moment. Um it makes me think of this situation where I had with my friend. Um, It was just last year while we were in South Africa and um, she phoned me one day and she's, she was quite a young mom. She fell pregnant when she was 16 and she, you know, obviously um, has had a hard time with him um, just because she couldn't work it out with his father. And, um, But she ended up getting remarried and her husband's not a believer. So she has this passion and this fire for Jesus that, you know, she got radically saved and fell in love with Jesus and then fell pregnant. And um, so she loves Jesus and she's passed on this, you know, childlike, passionate love to her children. But now her son is 20 years old. And um, he came to her and he said to her uh, that week, he was like, um, I wanna convert to Islam and I want your support. I want you to come and I want you to watch me make a commitment um, to Allah. And she flipped out. I mean, this is, he's 20. And so she phoned me and she's like, I don't know what to do. He's an adult. I can't tell him not to do this anymore. Like I've spent 20 years like sewing into him who Jesus is. And I'm so worried now if I cut him off and I don't support him, I'm going to lose connection with him. And then who's going to be speaking Jesus into his life? So, do I support him? Do I go ahead? You know, do I go and bless this knowing that God has got him in the end and he could, you know, lead him to repentance? Or do I um, not support him, you know, and and cut him off? I don't know what to do. Like, what is wisdom in this situation? And um, I was like, I literally don't know. I'm going to chat to Sean and phone you back. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. She doesn't have a lot of people to, to, to speak to. Um, she lives in a very isolated community. She's actually like a model. Her friends are very, um, they're all from the model world. So she doesn't have depths of relationship with anyone. So she's like phoning me as like a lifeline. You know, the, you're the only person I know, like who can talk me through this. Um, well, and she's actually very close with my mom as well. But anyway, I phoned her back, Sean and I chatted and we were like, he's looking for love. He's looking for community. He's found this community of people. When, he's, when he signs his life on a dotted line, um, they, will, they will share everything with him. He's just looking for love. He's looking for family. Um, and so, but I still would not dare to give her any advice of what to do. This is like sacred territory, you know? So I just phoned her back and I just said, I don't know. I have no idea. I've never led a 20-year-old Son, before. I've never been in this situation before. But what I can give you is maybe what Sean and I would do. And what we would do is we would ask God, like, God, speak, speak to us through a dream. That is literally how Sean and I live and plan our lives. Like, and when I say plan, this is how we move countries. Like we've, we've moved countries, we've moved cities, we've like relocated, and it's all been based on dreams. <laughs> Night dreams, like you know, we'll wake up, we've gone through seasons where every night we're waiting for God to speak and we wake up in the morning. Did you, get a, did you have a dream? Showing me, look at me, did you have a dream? Like we're so desperate for God to speak because we will not move until we hear from Him, not from our own wisdom, not from our own understanding because we're so convicted in the covenant of Jesus that He committed Himself to us. He wraps Himself around me so that wherever I go, He will bless me. So I need to know, Father, what do you want me to do? Because I know you'll be behind me and you'll, you, will, you will bless whatever I do. So what is it now in this situation? So how amazing is God? How amazing is He that I say this to my friend and suddenly she says to me, what made you say that? So I was like, I don't know. That's just what we would do. She says, do you know I had a dream about this two weeks ago, but I had totally forgotten about it. I was like, what? How do you have a dream and then you forget about it? But isn't that so true of us? How do we forget the words of God? How often does he give us a dream or a prophetic word of something that is about to happen and we forget about it and we don't wait for that event to happen that he can guide us where he's already spoken? There's been a lady in this community who's been having dreams about us and especially about us and our son to the point where I'm like, okay, I know something big is gonna happen because she's spoken about his um, about he, teaching him how to stand strong. She'd been seeing dreams of him like, almost like it starts off negative, like he's falling, but then he lands in a, in, a, um, in a field. Or he's learning how to fight, but he's fighting with, he's throwing his whole body to throw these arrows and I'm teaching him how to stand strong and throw with his arms. And so she's had these dreams and they've come probably one day before a big blow up and we have to work through what's happening at school because he's been homeschooled for five years as our 13 year old. And now he wants to, you know, be a part of school and he's learning, he's learning how to keep his identity, how to stay strong, you know, how to um, fight these attacks that come at him. I don't know, I would struggle to be at school these days with, you know, the atmosphere that is in the schools. And yet God has called him to be at school and we are so committed and convicted about it because... God gave us a dream. And his dream was he went to school with other 13 year olds and the school was a water park, an amusement park. And we were like, "Oh, that is so positive. That's so exciting. Like what is the Holy Spirit? And a park is an amusement park. It's fun. Like God's promised you this, you know, this amazing experience with friends. And so the Lord spoke that even before we came. And so we're convicted He's meant to be in school right now. And so God will speak something and we will wait for that, you know, the outworking of that. So he speaks and we can walk upon his words and his truths. And so my friend had actually written her dream down and she sent me a photo of it. And in the dream, my mom, whose name is Faith. So she wrote, Faith came to me and said, do not give up praying, keep praying, keep speaking the words of God over him, convince him of my truth. And so she knew the answer was, I... Have the faith, and I need the faith to keep on praying and keep on speaking truth to Him. And thank goodness she had written that dream down, and she could actually go back to it and go back to that well of life and live from those words in order to get through that event. And so, um, walking with with the Lord, there are seasons of manifestation and seasons of hiddenness, and there are times where God will speak and He will manifest Himself and He will give us a dream or a prophetic word and then he will go silent. And that is when that word gets worked into our lives. The word for wait means to entwine. If you look up, I will wait upon the Lord and and renew my strength. That word wait, I will wait, I will wait. It means twisted, entwined, where strands get twisted tightly so that they are stronger. That is what the word to wait means. And that's what happens. If we're disintegrated and And we don't know, you know, God feels over there. I don't really know who I am. Like, I don't feel like I'm, you know, knitted tightly with God. Those seasons of waiting where we're like, where are you, God? He's actually pulling that word that He's spoken into our being. And it's going to be rebirthed as a living expression of that seed. So faith becomes alive in us when it gets knitted in us. Hope comes alive in us when it gets knitted within us through these stretches of hearing God's word, and then waiting, you know? Um, And so, let me just share a bit about my journal. Um, Well, you can actually, let's just open up to page one, and I'm just going to read this quote. This is by Brendan Manning, and Last night, I taught you about the centering prayer of, Abba, I belong to you. And he's actually an incredibly passionate man. He's come through a lot and um, he's written a lot of books. And so if you want to be inspired and um, in, impassionated, I don't even, that's the word I'm making up right now, but if you want to be inspired and you want his passion to be imparted to you, just read some of his works. Um, The dark riddle of life is illuminated in Jesus. The meaning, purpose, and goal of everything that happens to us and a way to make it all count can only be learned from the way, the truth, and the life. Nothing that exists can exist beyond the pale of His presence. Nothing is irrelevant to it. Nothing is without significance. The sorrow of God lies in our fear of Him, our fear of life and our fear of ourselves. As a father gathers his children into his arms at the end of a long and tiring day, so God longs to draw us into his embrace. No matter what your past or presence, come, lean back in the shelter of his love and listen to the rabbi's heartbeat teach you about life, death, and eternity as Abba's beloved child. Take an unflinching look at yourself as you really are. Then look at who you are meant to become as you travel this earth as a child of God on the journey called life. And so, is it A.W. Tozer who says, what we believe about God is the most important thing about us. How often do we put masks on God? And I'll call him G-O-D because we create this G-O-D that we serve who makes sense to us because of all these hard things that have happened to us and the brokenness that we experience. And so we put these masks on G-O-D, you know, and we have masks on ourselves, do we even know who we really are? Do we even trust our own emotions? And so a journal is this amazing space where we can be honest, we can face ourselves, we can embrace our emotions and we can see what the Father is, where the Father is trying to lead us through those things. Are they warning signs, you know, our emotions, or are they triggers from past experiences you know, when the Holy Spirit shows up, He illuminates darkness and He brings dark things to light. He shines a light. So sometimes you might think, "Oh, I was just getting so great with God. Like it was, I was having, we were in such an amazing space and suddenly all this, you know, these horrible emotions are rising up in us. What if it's okay? What if the Father wants you to bring those things to Him and be like, I don't know what this is. You know, how, what is this? When we first got married, we had to learn how to talk about our emotions. We had to learn, what do you think it is that you're feeling? Can you name it? Can you put a name to it? Because then we can look at it and deal with it, not just be afraid of it. We can embrace who we are. And then we can work with the Father and be like, okay, Father, who are you really? If I didn't even know myself, do I even know you? Would you come and show me who you really are behind the mask that I have put up on you to protect myself? And so it's just a journey about finding wholeness and getting whole and being real. Um, So if you turn to page three in your workbook, this is a tool. It's something that Sean and I often do. Um, It's about getting to the heart of what lies we are believing about ourselves and ultimately what lies we're believing about God. So often we react um, emotionally and we don't know what the cause is of that reaction. And then we keep responding the same way and we just keep on going on with life. We don't actually ever stop and deal with it. Find out what is the root of what I'm believing. And often the root of what I'm believing about myself is the root of what I'm believing about the Father. And it's it's often a, a lie. And the father wants to come and expose that and show you the truth of who he really is. The truth of his nature, the truth of his love. And so we kind of put this together out of a, um, an interview we were listening to by Will Smith. He was just talking about uh, some of the latest movies that he's working on, which are actually quite deep. And um, uh, compared to, you know, his comedy hero action movies that he has been doing, and he was just saying how he realized he, as he turned 50, he felt this freedom to walk into who he really wanted to be. Sorry, I have a son calling me. Don't answer, but it's just vibrating. <laughs> <laughs> and so Will Smith just used this language of, he was like, I realized at 50, I had painted myself in a corner. I was so eager to achieve and to become someone great and have this checklist of, All these top 10, he wanted like one of each of the genres of the top 10 movies of all times. He wanted to be in one of those to prove something. He just wanted to be great, you know? And so how often in our greatest achievements and attempts um, do we actually lock ourselves into a corner? We paint ourselves into a corner. And he said, I realized I'd restricted myself. I wanted to be the certain kind of person and actually painted myself into a corner. And so um, we're actually gonna take some time Um, to work through some of the stuff. If we don't get to it today, this is a tool that you can take before God and you can work through honestly. And so I'll walk through it with you because um, I don't know if we'll have time to go through it all today. I've got some other things I wanna share with you. So it kind of goes like my voice and then the Father's voice. And this is a small attempt to start like tracking. Firstly, hearing, and then actually putting it down what the Father is saying to me. So my voice is, "What corners have I painted myself into?" And these are sentences like, "I am not good enough. I am too much. I am not enough. I am not a good enough singer to get up and sing in front of people. you know? I don't like to be in the spotlight. I all these "I am not," lies that we believe about ourselves. Um, and then, what corners have I painted God into?" Actually maybe God is not kind. Maybe he's not good enough to have given me a good enough voice. He gave, you know, there's other people who are famous singers, like clearly gave them a voice, you know. Um, He's never there for me. He's never speaking to me. He's never showing up. Um, And once you let yourself be honest and you let yourself start flowing in this, it's gonna be amazing to see what comes out that we don't even realize that we are hanging onto and holding to, the offenses that we carry are often with God. And so when you feel like you've emptied yourself of all of the lies you're believing about yourself and then all the lies that you're believing about God, just take a step back and have a look and be like, wow, I didn't even know that was in me. And this is a tool that you can use when you're trying to find the root of an emotion that you experience. For example, we're gonna be making our own pizzas outside. How often do we get to these creative moments where, you know, suddenly we're left to our own devices and we have to face our own creativity and, you know, how often do you like, you lose the car keys and then you freak out and shout at someone else because you lost the, it, like, it's unrelated to the emotion, you know? So imagine like now we're meant to go and make pizzas and then suddenly you just start freaking out. Like, why isn't someone making my pizza? Do they not, do they think I know how to make pizzas? Like actually there are professionals who are trained to make pizzas and now I must put my thought into, you know? Suddenly you get left, you just experience an overwhelming emotion um, that's so unrelated to what you're doing. That is when this is good. That is when this is like, let's get to the root of what's going on here. I don't know. So pour yourself out. Like, look, go to the waters of reflection. Take a look at yourself. What is going on? Don't be scared. Because the Father is with you in grace and love and mercy and kindness and redemption and forgiveness. He's already forgiven you. He's already loved you. And you need to learn to love yourself and be honest with yourself. But that is not where you stop. Stop. You don't stop looking at the lies and looking at all your defaults. That is not the end point. That's just the start. The end point is the Father's voice. Now you need to listen. It's sometimes so easy to prophesy over other people. (laughs) It's the same thing. We're prophesying to ourselves. What does the Father say of me? You are my beloved You are one of a kind. You are unique. Actually, I like your voice the way it is. Who cares what anyone else thinks? Sing for me. I love to hear your voice. You're amazing. Actually, you're so beautiful. What is he saying? Write it down. Because you know what? It's not going to be the same thing tomorrow. He's going to say something new to you. And then, who does the Father say he is to me? This is his voice. This is his words. I am your rock. I am your fortress. I am always there for you. I never left you. When you thought you were in the darkness, you were actually under the shadow of my wings. I've got my eye on you. I'll never leave you. My love, my one and only, my beloved. Track it down. I'm going to read to you some of the excerpts from my journal. And you'll see, like I said to Sean, it sounds like I'm really boasting when I read my journal because God really does love me. And I'm I like, the things he says to me are pretty amazing. And I feel super special. I was like, I hope people don't think I'm boasting. If like I read out some of the things that he says to me. But I realized it's probably how it should be. And I hope that when you're honest and you start tracking down the Father's voice to you, you will realize just how loved you are in spite of everything. And so on page four, you'll see kind of like a similar layout. It's just another, another way of doing it. And this is just like for daily journaling. You know, the previous page can be like, you know, if you have a big blow up emotional event, trying to find the roots, this can just be like in your everyday follow this pattern of, okay, what is happening right now? It's quiet. I'm just sitting alone um, at the dining room table. Um, secondly, what are my honest thoughts, my real emotions, reactions? This is what has happened. This is what is going on. Express my honest prayer. Jesus, I really want to know you more. My desire is to be with you more. Um, and then turn it into the Father's voice, my darling child. Um, and then below there is, I mean, we could, we could just take dreams and we could speak an hour and we'd just be touching the surface of how God speaks through dreams. But there are, other, there are other ways that you can use your journal. You can use them to capture the way the Father speaks through dreams, visions, scriptures, beauty, nature. And then if you turn over to page five, other tools and examples of ways that you can use your journal and track your journey with with the Father is you can create a gratitude list. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18 says, in the midst of everything, be always giving thanks for this is God's perfect plan for you in Christ Jesus. And you know that gratitude is not just a verb. It's not just something we do. We don't just say thank you. Do you know that gratitude is actually an emotion? It's an experience and we can tap into it by starting to say thank you and starting to notice the things that are around us. So sometimes if you're feeling like really bummed out and you don't know how to get out of it, do you know that you could just start thinking of things to be grateful for? And gratitude doesn't come from something that you've earned. Like if I, you know, do work and then you give me money, you won't experience the emotion of gratitude. Emotion of gratitude comes from undeserved favour, undeserved love, undeserved kindness. You know, when Leah made those cakes, did you notice like last night, we like had a little moment of like, I was like, oh my gosh, you have a ministry of love through food. I was like, what is this? Look what you've done. You just poured out hours to make this food that's gonna get consumed in how long? Not even 15 minutes, like 10 minutes, five minutes, you know, it's done, gone. But there's, an emo- there's something, there's a gift to receive there. Like, oh, wow, look at what you did. You opened up a space. For others by serving, and we can we can we can feel it. We can receive it, and we can write it down in our journal and track it, and be like, "Oh, I feel this. I feel this deep emotion. I feel this gratitude." And you know, practicing gratitude scientifically can up your happiness levels by twenty-five percent. I mean, never mind Jesus. He says, "Why am I teaching you how to abide in the vine? Why am I teaching you um, or urging you to abide in the vine?" What does he say? to make your joy complete. It's all about joy, how to enjoy life. You know, it's by taking time out for these little things, creating our own wells with Jesus that go deeper and deeper and deeper. So last night we got home, I couldn't go to bed. What is that feeling that you feel where you're just like, oh, it's gratitude. So Sean went to bed. I sat up and I just had to open my journal and just write, Father, Thank you so much for this first night of worship school. I just can't even express how much joy, pleasure, wonder I experience in this moment. I just want to sit in it and I just want to mark it down in my journal as an amazing moment with you. Like, thank you. I don't even know what you've done in the hearts of men and women. We hardly did anything. We just ate and spoke, got to know each other and then worshipped you. Like, wasn't this crazy event? But... It feels good. <laughs> feels like it's amazing. It feels like it's significant. So I'm marking it down. Something else you can do in your, in your journal is write a dream list. Open wide your mouth and I will fill it. Psalm 81 verse 10. How many times has God convicted us of that? Open wide your mouth. What do you want? It goes on to say, make your decree and I will fulfill it. So Sean got that scripture the one day. I think last year, he like, babe, God's convicted me. We need to make our decree. Like it's, it's time right now. We just need to speak out like our decrees before God. Like, what are your dreams? Like, let's write them down in a journal. Like, let's do it. Let's just make that decree. Let's open up our mouths because he'll fill it. He will give us, he will satisfy us with our desires. Are our desires separate from God's? What are all of your desires? do you even know what you want? It's a good question. So many times God says to me, what do you want? Probably for about two years, he would ask me that same question. I'd hear his voice, what do you want? I'd be like, stop asking me. I don't know. I just want what you want. So I'm trusting you know. It's like, nah, what do you want? I don't know. I don't even know what to dare to want or dare to dream. What can you do? What could you do? what do you want It is such a hard question to answer. It is such a hard question to answer. But do you know that you are the one with the faith to work it out? And do you know the faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. It's the living Word. It's not Scripture. It's the living, breathing Word that we hear, the voice of the Father, the seeds, the promises of the Father, That gives us faith. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the living Word of God. The words that come from the mouth of God. That is how we get faith. So you want faith for your future? It's not going to come from within you. I want faith, God, give me faith. (laughs) It's not how it works. (laughs) God gives us faith when He gives us a dream. That's like, whoa, what? could never imagine doing that comes from hearing his promises, his desires, his dreams for our lives. Um, the Abba prayer, we, we spoke through that last night. That's just a centering prayer. Um, Brendan Manning went through a season of, I think he still does it, like every morning, every night. Um, Jonathan David Hulso wrote his song, Abba, based on this prayer that he would just meditate on every morning, he would just sit and, and do the centering prayer. And out of it came the song, Abba, I belong to you. Silent solitude, Brennan Manning says, silent solitude makes true speech possible and personal. If I am not in touch with my own belovedness, then I cannot touch the sacredness of others. If I am estranged from myself, I am likewise a stranger to others. We don't go away with the purpose of getting away from people, we go away with the purpose of coming back as our true selves. Practicing the Sabbath, Eugene Peterson. Eugene Peterson says, if you don't take a Sabbath, something is wrong. You're doing too much. You're being too much in charge. You've got to quit one day a week and just watch what God is doing when you're not doing anything. Be intentional about resting. Be intentional about getting away with Jesus. Be intentional about not trying to be in control and doing everything. Do you guys know what's happening on the vines right now? What's happening on the island? I'm married to manager, so they
0: are but to all the So that the the time
1: is right, and the the hmm hmm perfect. We can just sit in that right now. I'm gonna read something by Andrew Murray. All earthly things are a shadow of heavenly realities. The expression in created visible forms of the invisible glory of God. When Jesus says, I am the true vine, He is the divine reality of which they are the created expression. They all point to Him and preach Him and reveal Him. If you would know Jesus, study the vine. How many eyes have gazed on and admired a great vine with its beautiful fruits? Come and gaze on the heavenly vine till your eyes turn from all else to admire him. Come and be still under the shadow of the true vine and rest under it from the heat of the day. Come and take and eat of the heavenly fruit of the true vine and let your soul say, I sat under the shadow with great delight and his fruit was sweet to my taste. The earthly vine can teach you so much about this vine of heaven. But such thoughts do not teach us to know what the heavenly vine really is and its cooling shade and its life-giving fruit. The experience of this is part of the hidden mystery which none but Jesus himself by his Holy Spirit can unfold and impart. Do not think you are able to uncover this mystery by thought or study. These may help to show you what you must get from him to awaken desire and hope and prayer, but they cannot show you the vine Jesus alone can reveal himself. He gives us his Holy Spirit to open the eyes, to gaze upon himself, to open the heart, to receive himself. He must himself speak the word to you and to me. But what am I to do if I want the mystery and all its heavenly beauty and blessing opened up to me? With what you already know of this parable, bow down and be still, worship and wait until the divine word enters your heart and you feel his holy presence with you and in you. The overshadowing of his holy love will give you the perfect calm and rest of knowing that the vine will do all. He whispers secretly day by day, I am the true vine. All that the vine can ever be to his branch, I will be to you. Holy Lord Jesus, the heavenly vine of God's own planting. Reveal yourself to my soul. Let the Holy Spirit, not only in thought, but in experience, give me to know all that you, the Son of God, are to me as the true vine. And so if the vines all around us are physical expressions of who Jesus is, what is happening in the vines right now. It's a season of pruning. It's a season of pulling back. I got so excited because this has been a season for Sean and I of starting again, of being pruning, being pruned. And there's so much frustration in that, isn't there? Like, why are our lives trimmed back so much? Oh, I thought at least by now, you know, COVID's clearing, it's gonna be the season of release. Like, You know, abundant fruit. Nature speaks and echoes heavenly realities. (laughs) We must go with, with them because there is one who knows more than we know. And do you know that if those branches are not cut back to be close to the true vine, all the sap, all the life, all the nutrients, all the energy that would go into the fruit would just go into making and feeding these long vines. So all, apparently vines, I don't know, can get to like 15 feet, 8 feet long. And so the sap needs to travel from the vine all the way to the end of the branch and then bear fruit. What is going to be left for the fruit? So the branches get cut back so the sap can flow effortlessly Through the branch straight into the fruit because the fruit goes back to the farmer. The Father receives the fruit of our lives that is sweet. The Father receives it and the fruit is for the healing of the nations. How do we change the world around us? Love. It's what Jesus boils all the commandments down to. Love, love, love. Don't we have so much hope in that? Isn't there so much hope when you realize, oh, it's not the end. This is not failure. This is not, I'm not doing well. This is, the Father's being so intentional with me right now. <laughs> He's so loving and so kind that He would choose me, clip back my branches that have gone over there and gone over there. And I, Wow, I thought that was going to be a great idea. Whoops, nope. Thought that was going to work. Nope. Sean, I've had so many business ideas and, you know, you start these tracks and they're so wonderful. Nope, get clipped back. Like, okay. We'll just we'll just stay on the vine right now. <laughs> but he is so faithful and he brings the fruit and the fruit is sweet and the fruit is for the healing of the nations. So the healing of you, your wife, your husband, your friends, your family, the world, your community. So before we end, I'm just going to open up my journal. I just want you to say like, journaling is not just for ladies, for women. Sean journals far more than I do. He's a writer. He loves to write. He sits in journals most days without fail. He's sitting and journaling all the time. He sneaks off. He's off all the time, journaling. So this is not a, this, is, this is not a guideline. I'm just opening up my journal just to show you like, be free, be messy, be neat, be you. This is my attempt to be messy, to be me because of my tendencies towards perfectionism. So this is so intentional with me. I like try and, I try and embrace the mess and I'm not an artist and I have three brothers who are artists. My one brother's a professional tattoo artist. So he makes a living through like art. So, you know, I could shy away and like, I'm not gonna draw because I literally draw stick figures. I'll show you like, some stick figures. The point is, track it down. Look at it. You know, I, I started like drawing and painting visions, prophetic words, uh, dreams. So I have like, because dreams come like memories, right? Have you ever realized that? Like you wake up and you have a memory. Oh, it's like it happened, but it didn't really. It's like comes like this memory and it's a picture and you can track it. You can write it down. You can paint it. As you're painting, as you're writing it down, it starts to unravel. You start to look at it from a different perspective. So this is just an example of um, a word that was shared at church. That really resonated with me. And about three people brought this word separately. It just says new shoes. And <laughs> it's just me. You can take a, if you want to paint or draw something, you don't know how to, you can just Google like a sketch of shoes and then just copy it down and then just paint it in. Like, So I just wrote, the Lord says, it's time to get a new pair of shoes. I've outgrown the old pair. I've been walking with a limp, limited by the tightness of the shoes. Throw off the old that hinders. All mindsets, weighs, heaviness so that I can run the race in front of me. Um, this is a picture of a prophetic word that a friend had for me. Um, This is like, (laughs) that's Sean worshiping and singing. This is me. And it says here, I just wrote teaming and worship. My friend had a picture of Sean and I leading worship. She said, Sean always starts off the worship set sowing the seeds and then she waits and waits until I begin to sing out and gushes of rivers of water flow and call the seeds to sprout and come alive. And that really resonated with me because I was like, wow, we really do that. Like, you know, we're partnering together. We're doing different things, and so I painted it down, and like I come, I've got a visual in my mind. Um, and Sean mentioned like um, the the stones in the desert, you know, that we can look back on and track how God has walked with us and how far He's taken us. And that's exactly what this is. These are memorial stones of what God has done. Um, this is a thankfulness page. This is this is Sean and I lived. We, were, we grew up on the coast until we were in our 20s. We got married and we left for Hong Kong. And then God called us back to South Africa and we lived in the city, which is inland. It was about a nine hour drive to the coast. Every year we asked God, when can we live by the coast? When can we get away from the city? Like we need to be in nature. We need to be on the beach. And God gave us this hideaway spot right on the beach that we went to every single year. That same place became the place where we got stuck for nine months while we waited to come here. It became our home. It became like the end of the world for us. It's like, this is the end of our world. This is where we exist right now with no knowledge of the future. Like that sacred space for our family. And so this is just one page. It's called Ramsgate. So I just said, thankful for Ramsgate. And I just sat, you know, just taking the time to sit and paint the picture in front of you. You're just reflecting and you're just receiving it. I just said, thank you, Father, for this wonderful beach, these wonderful beach breaks with my family. Thank you for your love and provision over us, for knowing us so well and giving us special hideaway spots and memories for our children. You know our heart's desire and passions and are always blessing us with the best. Then I wrote the Father's voice. My darling, you are the desire of my heart and I would give you the world to make you happy. You are my treasure and great love. As the waves are continually drawn to the sand, so my love is continually drawn to your heart. My waves break over the shores of your heart over and over again. I love you with a relentless love. I am so passionate about your family. I love dwelling among you and I love your passionate love for one another. There are so many adventures to come for all of you. And then the last one. This is just like an, an honesty one. And I'm gonna end with this. This was me. I've spoken about like my timidity and my desire for perfection. <laughs> and one day I was just honest with the Lord and I just said, "I'm tired of being t- I'm tired of being timid. I said, "Jesus, I want to give you all of my life. I want to exchange timidity and doubt for boldness, conviction, and a voice. Mark me and change me forever. I want to break out of patterns and cycles of fear into the creation, who you wanted me to be. I know that even when I can't hear your voice clearly or see you in the future ahead of me, that you are surrounding me with courage and guidance and wisdom. I know that you never leave me. You are my everything. Let's go crazy wild together. Crazy wild, happy, joyful Jesus. Let me look like you. I want to meditate on who I know you to be and be changed. Never let me go back to being grumpy, dull, and lifeless. New life, new ways. And the father said, "'You are my dream, my child, my sparkling reflection. "'You are enduring much in the darkness, "'but the darkness is under the shadow of my wings. "'I care for you and hold you and protect you, "'but you are growing up and starting to flap your wings "'and get frustrated in the hiding place. "'You and me are created to fly. "'This journey is a wonderful adventure for us. "'This world is your canvas. "'Suddenly it is not so important who you are with, "'but who you are inside.'" I am washing you with my waters of cleansing and purity. I feel so loved by the Father when I go back and I read His voice to me. And I'm always like, that did not come from me. I'm not so smart to think of like beautiful, unique ways of loving myself. Like that is the Father's love and adoration and His voice poured out into my life. And so... I just wanna encourage you, like start small. Start by messing up your journal, give it a go, put everything in there. It's not a, it's, it's not a um, there's no end goal of perfectionism, you know, But the treasures are what is inside. And these are just pages, these are just pictures. If this had to get burnt or thrown away or lost, it's okay, I still hold them all in my heart. <laughs> I hold all of who God is, you know? But this is just encouraging you in the practicals of how you can capture your own history with the Father. And you can go back and share those moments and reflect upon them. And the, the words that the Father speaks to us spill out in our lives and in our encouragement and in our ministry. So thank you so much for sitting through and listening to me. And I'm sure you're all so ready for lunch. And thank you so much. We're going to break and um, we're going to be back again. And Jen and Andrew will be sharing with us then. So,
0: All right, guys, that is session two from our creative retreat. I hope you enjoyed and you heard her. Jen and I have session three, so stay tuned. We'll catch you next time.